It is, it's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, a ring baron, vest wearing, son of a salesman. This is the 48th episode of our Casino Combat Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Let's do the important part and get this week started. Listen up, everyone and anyone. If you have ears, you should hear this. Don't gamble with money you need to pay bills. Don't gamble with borrowed money. Don't gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Past results are not a prediction of future outcomes for any of us. If you have a gambling problem, get a hotline. Call in and get help. If you don't have the number of a hotline, email help at casinocombat.com. We will make sure you have that number. Everything said here is factual and accurate to the best of my ability. In the name of good storytelling and to protect the participants, names are often changed to calls signs to protect the innocent and the guilty stuff that happens but isn't interesting and doesn't change the final financial outcome is often omitted to prevent listener boredom all right um i hope i never get sued but if i do ever get sued i certainly hope that keeps me from uh, from being punished for any of this if you're a first-time listener or a long-time listener thanks for joining us today for episode number 48 As I always do, let me run down the game plan for today's episode. I've got a new casino wisdom for you. Probably one of the more challenging ones to implement, but a very important one. So we will have a moment of casino wisdom and talk about that. I received two emails this week asking the same question, and Billy with the great last name sees the same question on social media all the time. So I'll do a questions my sons ask segment and respond to those questions. Well, that question just ask multiple times. As always, I rambled and gambled a little bit last week, so you need to hear those results in our normal travel segment, and we will finish up with the story of how my second marriage got started in Las Vegas in a VIP lounge segment with a sip or two. We have not done Casino Combat 101 for new listeners in a few weeks, so let me run that down quickly. The podcast has an email bot named Fred. She watches my email address, and if she sees an email with the words slot tactics, two words, slot tactics, in the subject line, she sends a link to download my free ebook, which describes how I play slot machines and win more often than I lose. We had 16, me and Mrs. TRG, that's we, had 16 winning machines out of 20 machines played last month doing exactly what I explained for free in the book. If you put the words get wisdom in the subject line of an email that you send to me, Fred will send you a link to download the complete official list of all the casino wisdoms along with the episode number where that particular wisdom was first revealed, shown, displayed, talked about, explained, or articulated. Since episode one of this podcast, there have been games included in the podcast. There are prizes. There have been winners. If you want to sort that out, listen to episode 22. The games are explained there. Finally, on YouTube, there's a playlist that I'm really proud of. It's called Boot Camp. We spell Boot Camp with a K, of course. That playlist is a series of short lessons on all of the basics of the core concepts that I consider the foundation of being good at casino gambling and making a profit. You can listen to the entire playlist in less than 90 minutes, and I promise I kept the jokes and the stories to a minimum. We'll do the jokes and the stories here. That's all business. That's how to be a good gambler. That's why it's called Boot Camp. So there you go. That's the plan. That's Casino Combat 101. If you're new here, you kind of know what's going on. Let's kick things off with questions my sons ask. What? What? My sons have been around gambling all their lives, and they ask questions. Usually pretty good ones, actually. Listeners also ask questions, and this week, Macy A. and Sam T. each emailed basically the same question. What is a casino host, and how do I get one? Sam and Macy, I emailed you to let you know I'd be responding to your question this episode, so here goes. 
In larger cities at nicer hotels, there are concierge desks. And the concierge helps guests help guests with things like where to get good sushi or getting them last minute show tickets or buying flowers for someone, etc., etc., etc. A good concierge will take care of whatever a guest needs and they should get tipped accordingly. That's what a concierge does. A casino host serves a similar function for casino gamblers, which isn't to say that the hotels associated with casinos don't also have concierges available. Often they'll work with the casino host, depending on the situation, but casino hosts are for casino gamblers. Gambler is the key word here. You're not going to work with a host, talk to a host. You're certainly not going to get a host assigned to you if you just stay at casinos and spend money and don't gamble. That's not how a casino host works. But suppose you've been gambling for several hours at a casino where you are not a regular. You haven't accumulated points yet, you can't really comp yourself, but you've been gambling for several hours and you'd like to get something to eat. You can ask the floor supervisor or the dealer to, to find a host for you. And usually in a few minutes, someone will show up and ask what you need. And at that point, you can introduce yourself and say, you know, I've been gambling for several hours, never been here before. Uh, I'm ready to take a break. I was thinking I'd get something to eat and then gamble some more. Would you be able to write me a food comp? Now, they don't know you. They're going to check your play, what you've done there for the time you've been there. And if you gambled at a reasonably high level, they're going to write you a food comp. I mean, a buffet comp should be pretty easy to get. It's going to be a lot easier to get than a dinner for two at a steakhouse, for example. And your request needs to match your play. If you've been flat betting $5 a hand for 30 minutes, you're probably not going to get a food comp. Or your food comp is going to be $6 at the hot dog stand because they're trying to be nice. If you've been playing at $500 a hand, you better get a food comp to something pretty nice if you ask. And obviously in this situation, asking is the key word. And the thing to know to ask for is ask to speak to a host. Casino hosts also handle for their regular guests, for repeat guests, for people with a track record, they'll handle travel comps. That's hotel rooms, that's airfare for big players. They schedule spa appointments and tea times and get show tickets when the show's sold out. They make dinner reservations when the restaurant is fully booked. Basically, anything going on in and around the casino, a host can help you out with. Now, the question of in air quotes, getting a casino host comes up all the time and it's a little different than asking to speak to a host, than using a host. You don't get an assigned casino host by doing something other than gambling. You don't get a host. The house assigns you to a casino host. The casino host gets you as a player when your player reaches a level that interests the house. So let me give you a couple real life examples. Casino one I have a host assigned to me, been assigned to me for years based on my play there. One day he introduced himself, gave me his card, said, if you ever need anything, give me a call, send me a text, love to help you out. So if I need a room or a dinner reservation, I just text him and he sets everything up. And he stops to see me once in a while and say, hi, when I'm gambling, um, just to, to tell me he, they appreciate my business. And if a mailer for the month says Saturday nights are going to cost me $99, he just comps me the night anyway. Still my host, still my guy, still takes every, care of everything after all these years. I'm hoping concerts come back because he was usually a good one to get concert tickets from. Now let's compare that to my home casino, Casino 2. In spite of the fact that my bets there are the same dollar amount and I play there more often and usually for longer periods of time, I don't have a, an assigned casino host. No one has gotten me yet. I haven't been given to anyone. 
Now, I still use a host to reserve my comped rooms and to make dinner reservations. I just call the VIP line and speak to whichever host answers the phone. But I don't have a number I can text. I don't have an email address. The point here is that different properties are going to have different standards for assigning a casino host to a player. And they're not going to assign one until your play reaches their level. You don't get a casino host, as I said. A casino host gets you. This is also a good place to apply casino wisdom number 77. When you want or need something, this is always the best option in my opinion. What does casino wisdom number 77 teach us? It teaches us, if you don't ask, you don't get. Not being assigned a casino host doesn't mean you can't speak to a casino host, whoever's on duty, and ask for something you need as a gambler. The best example of this would be staying in a Las Vegas casino hotel, gambling for a few days at a modest level, and charging meals and drinks and entertainment to your room. Even if you don't have an assigned casino host, you can and should, in my opinion, stop at VIP services on your way out and ask to speak to a casino host. Let the host know you're checking out. Tell them who you are, give them your player's card so they have your, your number, your player's number, and let them know you're wondering if they can comp any of your room charges. Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. It depends on your play, it depends on the property. But usually they will try to find a way to at least comp something. I've had situations back when we were um, not able to play at the level we're able to play out now, not that we're playing at a super huge level now, but you know... I always get a kind of a, hmm, well, eh, let me see what I can do. Oh, I'll comp those that the two drinks you had at the pool. It's a $30 comp. It's a $8 comp their cost, right? They're not going out of the moon, but they tried to find something that they are probably going to be able to take care of. But you're not going to get those comps if you don't ask. Or if you don't know casino hosts exist, and you're not allowed to ask them for things. I guess I said that weird. You're not going to get that comp if you don't ask, or you're not going to get a comp if you don't know there are casino hosts and you don't know that you can ask them. And I think that's why this question comes up, and that's why I wanted to take the time to answer it. So Sam Marcy, thank you for listening. Thank you even more for taking the time to email and ask me your question. I hope you understand a little bit more about how casinos work. I hope that was helpful to you. I've got a new casino wisdom for you, folks. So let's pause for a moment of casino wisdom next. Today I wanted to share a new casino wisdom with you. Casino wisdom number 42. Have a winning mindset or don't gamble. A casino wisdom is supposed to combine knowledge or information about how a casino works with an action. The action part of this is is fairly direct, fairly simple. Have a winning mindset or don't gamble. Where did the knowledge or information come from to generate the action? And the answer is years of experience and observation, both observation of others and observation of myself, a self-awareness over time, seeing patterns in my behavior and fixing those patterns in my behavior. And kind of frankly, that's where all this podcast comes from, is that introspection and that realizing how to do things in a way that, that I find success with. So let me give you some examples to illustrate how I learned this over the years. Some people plan a casino trip, be it a one-day trip or a vacation, and they have a gambling budget of money they can afford to lose. 
and that's the money they expect to lose. Now, I certainly don't want you to gamble with money you can't afford to lose. I say that every episode. But I don't want you to plan on losing. That, I don't want you to do that at all. That's a losing mindset. That's not a winning mindset. A winning mindset is, I intend to finish this with a profit, and I'm going to gamble accordingly. I'm going to alter my actions to get the result that I want. I hear, see and hear this whole th- idea from slot players all the time. They take X hundred dollars to the casino, they expect to lose it, and they will just keep spinning and spinning and spinning until it's gone. That's what they plan to do. And they'll always tell you until they have a big win. But big win is undefined, right? So if they win a couple hundred dollars, I mean, think about that. They go in with $300 that they're willing to lose and they expect to lose. And then they spin a little bit and they've won $175. If they stopped right this minute, they'd have $175 more than they started with. But they don't really have a number in mind. And 175 doesn't feel very big. I mean, if they won 10,000, they'd stop. Or 50,000. I mean, maybe even 3,000. But 175? That's not very much. And they're just planning to lose it all anyway. So they keep spinning. A big win never happens because they haven't defined what a big win is. A winning mindset is having a plan and knowing how much of a win you want to achieve before you walk away from the slot machine. And that doesn't mean before you walk away from the casino. Those are two separate, different decisions. And you know I think you should make those separate from each other, separated from the ability to gamble. But you need to have a plan. As I write in the ebook, Casino Combat Slot Tactics, I walk away anytime I have a win on a slot machine equal to or greater than 10% of what I started with. So if I put in $100 and after a particular spin, the machine says I have more than $110 available, I hit the cash out button. The idea, the plan, isn't that I'm trying to win $10. It's that I'm planning on winning. I'll take an extra $100 and the next time maybe it's $40 or $400 or whatever. But if I keep stacking wins, I'll finish with a win from slot machines for the month. If I never get to a profit of $10 or more, once again, I have a plan. I'm not going to stop because of losing a particular dollar amount. I'm going to stop when I've spun 16 to 20 spins based on the number of buttons on the machine, and I've not won more on any one spin than the spin cost. That's a winning mindset having a plan and sticking with it as it applies to playing a particular casino game. Billy with the great last name, T-Rex and I were talking about this the other day. Kind of a different point of view on this. People say, how can you afford to go to Las Vegas and gamble tens of thousands of dollars? You must make a lot of money. Nope. Gambling tens of thousands of dollars isn't the same as losing tens of thousands of dollars. Think about it. On average, a player is going to play 60 to 80 hands of blackjack in an hour. Suppose the bet range is between $25 and $90 a hand using TRG Wagering System 1. Call it an average of $60 a hand. And if there's 60 to 80 hands an hour on average, let's say 70 hands. 70 hands at $25 to $90 a hand, right? $60 a hand, 70 times, you're going to gamble $4,200 in an hour. In an average day, I'm going to gamble 20K or more. I'm going to win some of those. I'm going to lose some of those. Some of those are going to be pushes. 
but I'm going to gamble 20K in a day. Easy. More than that if Mrs. TRG is with me. But if you've listened at all, you know I'm not going to keep losing and putting more money on the table, losing, putting more money on the table, losing, putting more money on the table. That's a losing mindset. A winning mindset is to leave the table if you lose three or four or pick your number five or seven hands in a row. And to keep playing for hours and hours and piling up the wins if that three or four or seven or whatever your number is hands doesn't happen particularly quickly. That's what we want. That's a plan. That's a winning mindset. And admittedly, Casino Wisdom number 42 is probably one of the tougher wisdoms to implement. Kind of why I've waited till now to share you. Some of the other ones are pretty easy. And the action part here sounds so simple. Have a winning mindset or don't gamble. But having and keeping a winning mindset can be difficult. There are challenges and temptations. You spin the slot machine for the second time. The machine says you've won $11.24 more than you put in. That's your plan. It can be tough to have the mental discipline to get up after just two spins and push the cash out button and take the $11.24. Likewise, you hit all the buttons four times, or again, whatever your number is, and you never win more than you spun. There's enough money left in the machines for six more max bet spins, the kind of spins that if they pay off something are going to pay off quite a bit. And a part of your brain is probably saying, oh, that doesn't matter. Just like you didn't think the $11.24 mattered, so you wanted to keep playing, and then you'd probably lose. Now your brain is saying, oh, that extra, whatever, $37 left of the, of the money you put in, well, that doesn't really matter. Maybe one of those spins is going to pay out. It could happen. And you're saying it's not that much money, and I don't really, I'm not really worried about it. A winning mindset is having a plan and sticking to it in this situation too. But that doesn't mean it's easy. And that doesn't mean I don't occasionally feel tempted to make those last few spins. I do. But I resist that. For me, that's the difference between a winning and losing mindset. That's the difference between getting to the end of the month and having a win and getting to the end of the month and not having a win. And I know that because my numbers tell me that. As far as tables go, the big place that I have to keep this casino wisdom in mind is when I'm having fun with the people I'm gambling with. It doesn't doesn't come up much in my mind when I've just lost that that third or fourth hand. I'm I'm ready to be up and out. That, That I'm good at. Sometimes when I'm winning and having fun. And the example that comes to mind is when I met Magical Mike and Magnificent Marcy that one evening at Casino One. We were gambling, we're having fun, we're singing along to the music, we're having drinks, we're winning money as we go. We're doing all that fun casino stuff that's one of the reasons to be there. It's it's where the fun is. The fun is not in the three hands and leave, three hands and leave. But I hit that string of losses. I hit that string of losses with a nice pile of win in front of me. And I knew I should take my win and leave. I knew that was my plan. My plan says to leave when that happens. My wisdoms say, love the win more than I love the action. I did the right thing. But I remember them looking at me. They were kind of stunned and they were amazed. Kind of like, what? You're leaving? We were having fun. I was having fun, but I was wise enough to have a winning mindset and stick to my plan. And sticking to my plan, sticking to that winning mindset, I said my goodbyes and I left the table. I had a win and I had a good time and I had a positive memory. Okay, now fair. Maybe in hindsight, having now kind of gone through all this and laid it all out for you, the last part of this wisdom is a little harsh. It's the right answer, but it's a little harsh. 
have a winning mindset or don't gamble is the casino wisdom. And maybe it should have been a little mellower. Maybe it should have been have a winning mindset or don't gamble for profit. There's nothing wrong with gambling for entertainment instead of profit. It's just not my thing. It's just not what I do. It's just not something I'm going to do repeatedly. My advice, my thought, my opinion, develop a winning mindset and gambling for profit becomes much easier which is why this casino wisdom was created to remind us of all of that in a simple and easy to remember way. Okay. Look, you know, I traveled last week, you know, I gambled when I traveled. So let me talk you through the results so you can see if things worked for me or didn't work for me the way I always recommend people do things. Last week was a very light casino week for me. Very, very light. Um, locally, I didn't have enough promotions going on to justify driving all the way to one of our local casinos. Uh, my casino, my routes to my customers didn't take me by any place at the right time. So I really didn't do anything locally at all. I wasn't motivated to by the offers that I got. And my, my work life didn't take me close enough that I'd say, oh, okay, I'll just stop by for a sandwich and, and a little bit of free play or, or something of that nature. The weekend was pre-committed to celebrating the Young Lion's first birthday. So that wasn't going to happen. We weren't going to do a couple's trip. I wasn't going to do something like that. But during the week, I did head over to Casino 2, my home casino. I had a comp room there. Um, so two and a half hours west. Uh, and I'm sorry, <laughs> two and a half hours east. <laughs> Why did I say west? Oh, sorry about that. It all gets jumbled sometimes, folks. But I had free bets. I had, I had comp rooms. Uh, you know I love the property. They're comp and drinks now, so that's great. Things got off to a wonderful start, an absolutely wonderful start. Couldn't have asked for anything more. Nice long session at a blackjack table, several hours, nice win, bigger win, not a huge win, but you know, definitely a, a double, not a single, a double, maybe a double where I almost could have stretched it to a triple. <laughs> Okay, that's a stretched metaphor. Look, wins are nice and long wins are nicer regardless of the amount, right? Because long wins mean lots of tier credits. Tier credits are useful. Tier credits become money that you can spend. Tier credits create benefits in the long run. That's always great. I'll take a long win at a smaller dollar amount than a quick win at a bigger dollar amount, given the choice, I guess. The thing about this, obviously we'd like to have both. So the thing about this table was that I was constantly making bad hands into good winning hands. Or I should say the dealer was by handing me the cards I asked for. I'd hit a 16 against a dealer's 9 and grab a 5 for 21 and the dealer would have 19. I'd draw a 6 card 21 and win one of my larger bets that probably would have had been an exit point. Except I won the bet by drawing a 6 card 21. Those don't happen very often folks. I split aces, got two, got a 10 on each, and the dealer had 20. You know, you always like to win some of those hands, but you don't usually win like all of those hands. And I was winning all the hands. Blackjack is a fun and easy game when things go that way. As often happens, as this happened before, my run was ruined when the fools walked in. It was like a slow motion train wreck, slow motion car crash in a movie. I see a guy and a girl coming toward me. They look like they've had a few. They've each just got a little money in their hand. And I'm thinking this is trouble. And sure enough, 
They buy in with almost no money. They're drunk. They don't know how to play. They didn't ask if I wanted them to wait, even though I had a big blackjack just as they were walking up. Normally, that's a trigger for someone to say, hey, do you want me to wait a few minutes? You know, let me know. They didn't do that. Then they make dumb plays with their very little money, and I quickly lost several hands in a row and left the table. I had a profit. I'm not mad. I don't really care. It just... It's going so good and it's so easy and you just want that win to keep happening and, and you just you see that it's not going to happen because you had enough experience in life and enough experience in casinos to know these two are going to mess it up. And yes, in my private mind, I used a word other than mess it up. Grabbed a quick dinner, conked myself dinner with points, played a winning slot machine and hit a, hit a big payout on my first max bet wager. So I'd gone all the way across the machine, never won more than I bet. On the first button, the second button, the third button, the fourth button, hit the big button, the max bet button for the first time, and into a bonus round, and ching, 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 and and a real nice win when the machine finished doing its thing and spit out the ticket. I took a small loss at another blackjack table, but again, I played for a couple of hours, not really winning or losing anything, before things went south. And at that point, I called it a night, having earned lots of points, and I won some money and had some fun and drank some free drinks. And of course, since I was already, you know, two and a half hours away from home, I did what I almost always do on these solo trips. I stopped by Casino One on my way home because I knew they would have match bets for me and a drink comp. And I really like my my mornings there. The place is slow. There's not a lot going on. Tables are easy to get. You get your favorite slot machine. So I always do. I, you know, they give me a, a, a ticket for a comp to drink and I'm driving. So I'm only going to have one and I have that early in my trip. But I really enjoy sitting down at one of my favorite slot machines, sipping my drink. And and uh, and enjoying that while I play. And unfortunately, I lost a few bucks playing the slot machine. And I took a minor loss on a blackjack table. One of those tables where I was never up more than a unit and a half. And I'd lose a couple hands and then I'd, 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 I'd get back up a little bit. And then I'd lose a couple hands and then I'd make a split or a double. And I wouldn't win that. And I'd make the next bet and I'd win that. I'm just, it was a struggle. And eventually I hit my loss point and I, and I took off, but I did, since I had some time, I did play one more slot machine and had a nice larger than normal slot machine win there, a lot more than 10%, I'll tell you that for sure. And that offset the table loss. And that was my week as far as gambling went. One winning table out of three, but nice long tables. Two winning slot machines out of three. And I won more than half a day's pay. Not great. Not amazing, but also necessary if you're me doing this the way I do. My home casino will see lots of hours of play in exchange for the room comp that they gave me. I got lots of credits that I can use to buy meals the next time. Those meals and those room comps will keep coming because I ground out nice long play sessions. My, my host Bubba at Casino One stopped by to say hello and wish me luck. So again, those comps will keep coming in future months. As grinds go, this one was pretty easy. I had fun, I made some money, and I kept all the wheels turning to keep getting free stuff in the future. It's a fun story. For me, it's a fun story. I got married for the second time in Las Vegas. And like my original destination, it's just another story that I love to tell. So join me in the VIP lounge for a sip, and I'll share that story. Oh! A little bit of the bubbly. 
our VIP lounge is open, and I'm glad it is. Top shelf still in sparkling water, handcrafted, locally bottled artisanal pop and soda, as well as the best virtual bottles of everything you want all the time. I'll be honest, I'm going to be sparkling water guy today. We did a lot of birthday celebrating this weekend, so non-alcoholic sips for TRG today. Inside story, uh, and this is going to be a quick story, folks, but this is a story that I've often told about Las Vegas, sitting around with friends old and new in various VIP lounges. If you know Vegas at all, it, it has a lot of Vegas notes in it. Um, I've been known to call Mrs. TRG my wife from my second marriage. And that is a very lame attempt at humor because she's also the woman I married the first time and we never were divorced. We were never separated. We were never not together. We just got remarried in Las Vegas as part of a 20th anniversary trip uh, quite a few years ago. And at the time, we were Las Vegas veterans. We'd been there a bunch of times. We honeymooned there. We, we went frequently. So knowing Las Vegas well, knowing a lot of Vegas things that, that we, we could do, wanted to do, had done, wanted to do again, all those kinds of things, we kind of structured the whole trip, which is to say I structured the whole trip, kind of around the idea that we were getting married and that the, the, the wedding and the idea of going to Vegas to get married was the reason for the trip. And it was also our anniversary and we were taking a vacation as we'd done the year before and the year before, but in the spirit of things, um, I asked Mrs. TRG to marry me before we left for the airport and we stayed at the Mirage at the beginning of the vacation. And, uh, the second night we had dinner at the steakhouse Kokomo in the, in the atrium there as an engagement dinner. And the third night, uh, Mrs. TRG treated me to a bachelor party at one of Las Vegas's fine gentlemen's clubs. And uh, we, we had a blast. At least the parts I remember were a blast. And she tells me she had a good time as well. So everyone at the bachelor party had a great time. The next day, and nobody ended up on a roof. Nobody ended up asleep on the roof and lost. So that's always a good thing when you do a bachelor party. Uh, the next day, we checked out of the Mirage and checked into Mandalay Bay, where we were going to have our, air quotes, honeymoon. And after we got there and changed clothes, a limo picked us up, took us to a chapel so that a version of Elvis could remarry us. And uh, that's a great, wonderful memory and a very funny, uh, funny video to play back. We had a great honeymoon at Mandalay Bay, enjoyed the pool, enjoyed the spa, you know, very much made a, a kind of honeymoon trip out of it. Very, very fun trip. And we managed to stay married, married ever since. So probably some of that Vegas luck, right? Or opportunity meeting preparation. <laughs> okay. If you're playing the casino chip game, there are eight in this episode of the podcast. Not counting the one I accidentally just put in there about the roof. That's an extra one. Don't count that one if you're playing along. <laughs> Please, tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers, but don't tip away your wins. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I do hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it, hate it, it doesn't matter. Please share this podcast with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening.